The uh, Pastor Kevin asked if I had a word for the Lord, and I said, just a minute, I got to run down and print one off of uh, pastors.com. <laughs> just give me a few more minutes to get the printer going. I stole that joke from another pastor, but it's a good, good, good one. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, worship team. Can we thank the worship team? Can we thank our uh, audio video team? Can we thank our cafe and ushers and greeters? And now we got to do a really loud one. Can we thank all the children's ministries? How many know that the kingdom of God, the doors of the kingdom of God swing on the hinges of Thanksgiving? We might have preached that here before. Thanksgiving. Well, the topic today is not Thanksgiving, but it's a good one. We'll get to that later on in October. But we are continuing our series on the kingdom of God. And how many know that if you're going to do Christianity, if you're going to have faith in God through Jesus Christ, if you're going to follow the Bible, then you have to learn about the kingdom of God. That's what we're realizing as a church. We have to up our game and become experts on knowing how to live in the kingdom of God. And that's what we're doing in our series right now. And uh, we're getting into the next principle. I wanted to invite, uh, before I begin, uh, those of you who have never uh, discovered or learned about Celebrate Recovery, tomorrow is our kickoff at 6 p.m. We're having a free uh, dinner and then a one-hour program to, uh, to instruct and educate and inspire you on how Celebrate Recovery works. And that's for any adult over the age of 18. Uh, all ages are welcome tomorrow night But uh, the ministry is for those over 18. And you're going to hear probably 8 to 10 inspiring short stories of how God has impacted people and set them free in the last 12 months. So tonight, or today we're talking about fruit. And Celebrate Recovery has been very fruitful. You can ask people who've been there. They say, I'm just a different person. You could ask, uh, there's some people in this room. If they tell their story, they say, I'm not who I was before. It's true. And they blame, they blame Jesus. They blame the scriptures. They blame, they, they blame the Holy Spirit. And they blame the support of, of a loving family to get free. So that's tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Everyone's invited. So today, uh, we are talking about results-based reality. We're talking about something that, you know, if you were in science class, you might hear it as the, um, the uh, scientific method. In other words, you know when you do something over and over and you get the same result? And people go, wow, I think that actually works. That's what we're going to talk about today. In the kingdom of God, God sets things up according to his laws and principles that if you do them, they produce good things. If you don't do them, they might be okay. Or they could be absolutely horrible. So today, we're going to learn about the process of developing a lifestyle of fruitfulness. Because I believe that our lives matter and your life matters. I believe you have a purpose to be here on this planet. And you're not an accident. So today we want to develop in the kingdom mindset how to be fruitful in God's eyes. The Bible says they will know us by our fruits. And so today's a little bit like a pruning exercise in the garden. So sometimes in pruning, uh, it's comfortable and uncomfortable because God says he will take off the bad things in our life. 
But he also says he will prune the good things so that they'll be even better. So we're going somewhere today. We're not going backwards. We're going to let go of some things and then we're going to prune a few things and go forward. And that takes faith and trust that God is good. You have to trust him. When he gets those pruning shears out, you've got to trust that he's good. So get your faith on. Get your trust on. Pastor Kevin challenged us in the beginning of this series to read the Gospels in the Scriptures. The Gospels are the first four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I want to encourage you, please continue to read and reread the Gospels every day. I encourage you to start with a chapter a day, just read a chapter, and as you get your appetite up, maybe two chapters, maybe three, maybe four. If you read four chapters a day in the New Testament, you'll read the New Testament twice in a year. And so I want to encourage you, read the Gospels every day, because Jesus was such an example of the kingdom, you'll learn this stuff just by being in time with him in the Word. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They will know you by your fruit. This is one of the laws of the kingdom, and this is it, that fruit doesn't lie. You know, it was just a few weeks ago that I pulled out a peach, and it was rotten on one side. And every peach it touched was rotten as well. Fruit doesn't lie, does it? It's either yummy and tasty and sweet or completely nasty, stinky, throw it away. You know when you bite into that apple and it looks good on the outside and then it mushes right through the center and you feel tricked. You feel, oh no, not, oh man, the whole bag is probably nasty and you just want to throw it in the compost. Fruit doesn't lie. Good is good and rotten is Rotten. You see how simple the gospel is? We're learning simple kingdom truths that if we apply them, we have great results. So what we're talking about today is making choices in line with what will produce good things and that fruit that will last over a long time. And we're not talking about just being good in the world's eyes because how many know that sometimes the world praises things that God is disgusted by? So we can't use the world as our judgment method. We have to see what the Bible says and agree with what God says about ourselves. So, a tree is known by its fruit, Luke 6.43. Let's, we're going to spend a lot of time in Luke today. So open your Bibles or your electronic Bible to Luke chapter 6, verse 43. And it says this. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every, time, uh, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So obviously we're talking about, also talking about the heart. Because our fruit is connected to our words, and our words are connected to our heart. So, if your words are nasty, we're not, it's a heart condition, right? So let's do this in order. I believe there's a three-step process to fruitfulness. This is, there's much more that we can add to this, but today, let's just cover these three aspects. Number one, everyone put their hand up by their ear. Listen 
first. That's the first step. Listen first. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. How many problems in your life would be evaporated if you would just close your mouth and listen? Can I talk to the teenagers in the room? How better would your life go if you would just shut your mouth and listen to your parents and just do it? Mm. I want to talk to the adults now. (laughs) How much better would your life be if you would just listen to the word of God and do it? Now, is the gospel complicated? I say no. If young children could be in here from the twos and threes class and, and hear what I'm saying, they would struggle with it to obey it. They're working, they're learning how to surrender their will. Be quick to listen. Leaders, listen. Influencers, listen. Servants who have a great impact, listen. If you're talking all the time, people are going to leave you alone and they're going to be quick to run out of the room because no one wants to hear it. It tires you out when someone just keeps jabbering on and on and on and on. It just sucks the life out of you. They're called sappers. They just suck. And you're just done after one conversation. You got to go home. But a person who is a listener, they don't lack for friends. They don't lack for a job. Who do you think an employer wants to hire? Someone who listens and then does it. And here's the next question. What shall we listen to? If we want to be fruitful in God's kingdom, we must develop our appetite for the teachings of Jesus Christ and the Holy Word of God, the Bible. What are we going to listen to? It's very simple. This is in Matthew chapter 17. It clarifies this. So that after six days, Peter, James, and John, they went up to the mountain by themselves and and Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then the big interruption comes in. God The father breaks in on the scene while Peter was still speaking and a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear or listen to him. Now God kind of broke in, didn't he? He wasn't asking for permission. We get, we get all these good ideas of what to listen to, but we haven't even spent time in our own Bible. We haven't even hung out with God in the word. We're listening to everybody else, every sermon, every message, every podcast, every this, but we haven't even spent time hanging out with God in the scriptures with Jesus Christ. 
God said, this is my son. In other words, he's pretty special to me. Your sons and your daughters are the most treasured thing you've ever received in this planet. So God's saying, he's mine and he's my beloved and I'm happy with him. So listen to him. If you want to be fruitful in God's kingdom, start with his son. Very simple. If you want to be fruitful in the kingdom, start with God's son, Jesus Christ. Make a decision to prioritize what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. Because Jesus' voice, I want to tell you this, is a better voice. Jesus' voice is much better than other voices. See, the world is screaming at you with false affections. Come over here. Look over here. There's the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And all these things are longing for your affection. They all want you. But there's a better voice. There's a voice that calms the storm that you're in. There's a voice that will say, do not be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. There's a voice that will say, don't worry, my friend. Your daughter is only asleep. She shall live. There's a voice that will say, where are your accusers? No accusers? Then nor will I accuse you. You are forgiven. Go and sin no more. There's a voice saying, throw your net on the right side of the boat. There's a voice saying, go fishing. You're going to catch a fish. Inside of it is going to be a couple coins. And then you'll pay your taxes with that for you and me. There's a voice saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, I better say that one again. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, man. I said there's a voice that if you are weary and heavy laden that says, come to me, and I will give you rest. There's a better voice. But how do you know the voice of God if you won't spend time with him in the word? You'll, You'll be hearing all kinds of things. But when you spend time in the Gospels, you get to know Jesus. He's your shepherd. And when you hear things, you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's what Jesus said. That's, that's a Jesus right there. That's what he would do. And I'm going to do it too. You have a test. You can test it against the Scriptures. If you want lasting fruit, we have to turn our ears to heaven and to the Bible and say, speak, Father, for your son is listening. And to the daughters in the house, you've got to say, speak, Father, your daughter is listening. And put your, get your journal out, sit down, read the scriptures, and listen for the voice of God. And you might, it might be quiet, it might be loud, I don't know. But if we don't give time to God, how can we become fruitful if we don't align ourselves with the word of God? So, the Bible says in John chapter 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So if my words abide in you, so you got to get those words in you, get them in just by the dump load every day. Just get the, get the scriptures inside of you, put them on your, listen to them, read them, and then start speaking them with your mouth, declare them over your family, over your situations. And then the Bible says, ask what you want and it shall be done for you. One of the guys in church was uh, sick this in the hospital this week. And uh, we went, got to go visit, and uh, uh, 
Sue's like, oh, this is what we want by faith. And I said, okay, what do you want by faith? She told me. I said, well, now let's go to the king and ask. Because sons and daughters have access to the king, right? Because it's our father. So we went to the kingdom. We went right up to the throne and we asked for a very specific thing. And the cool thing is within about 24 hours, it was accomplished. It was, right? I don't want to complicate this. You have the word of God in you, you have faith, and then you ask according to his word, and he said, it shall be done. It was so refreshing. And so then we just praise God and say, thank you so much. It's such an honor. So there's two ways your fruit can go bad. The first one is this. Sometimes you hear the word, but then you get caught up. The Bible says in Luke chapter eight, now ones that fell among the thorns are those who they have heard, but they go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So you can hear the word of God, but if you're a person that is so locked in the cares of this world, you will never get the long lasting fruit of God into your future. So think about your life right now. Is most of your time just spending about the worries of, of life? cares of life, whether you have enough money or not, your riches, or if you have enough pleasure or too much pleasure in your life, those things will choke out the fruit of God. The antidote of that is contentment and thanksgiving. You can still ask for things, but be content and be thankful and let God do the timing of when it comes in, when the ship comes in. The other one that you have to be careful with with fruit is don't listen to the voices of judgment who want to inflict the wrath of God on you for your bad behavior. Have you met those Christians or people who are like, yeah, you're going to, here comes the fire of God on your life and you're, you are a horrible, dirty sinner. Well, you know what? I didn't see Jesus doing that. He corrected religious people. He rebuked them for being like this, judgmental. He said, I came not to judge the world. I came to save the world. So in your circles of influence, are you judging people? Or are you helping them? Are you, are you bringing the, oh yeah, you know, your life, your behavior, you should stop this and start this. And you're like a big to-do list for people. That's not the gospel. You know, in Luke chapter nine, the, 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 they were so upset with him because there was a town, the Samaritans wouldn't receive Jesus Christ on his way to Jerusalem. They got offended and they said, we won't want Jesus. So the, the disciples said, well, let's call down fire. Jesus, can we get some fire going? And let's judge those people because they were anti-Jesus. What did Jesus say? Wow. Well, before he said anything, notice what the disciples said. They said, can we do it just like Elijah did? Now, wasn't there a story that earlier in the chapter where three guys went on a mountain and there was three guys on a mountain, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And what did the father say? Listen to Jesus. Did he say, listen to Elijah? And here they are within the same chapter saying, can we do the fire thing from Elijah? And they just got corrected. See, some of us want to do the law. That's Moses. We want to bring the law. 
You know, if you just do these seven things and get it right, if you work really hard as a Christian, then God will like you and then you'll have favor. That's called chair two, right? That's the servant chair where you're trying to serve and earn. Anybody in an earn deserve world out there? I was in it for decades. I thought earn deserve was the solution. Just work harder. Then I found out that you don't have to be just a servant. You can be a son or a daughter. And then you don't call down fire on people. You call down mercy. You say, mercy, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. I was forgiven. Now I forgive others. I was loved. So now I love others. I don't just love my friends and those who treat me right. The Bible says, love your enemies. Then you become a mature son when you're loving your enemies. Anyone can love a friend. It's easy because they're so nice. But try the other side of the coin. When people are nasty to you or they cheat or have bad attitudes. When someone speaks death over you, speak life over them. You look them right in the face and speak a blessing into their life, their family, their marriage, their finances. You speak life. Your source is not the world. Your source is not how other people treat you. Your source is the words of life from heaven that are inside of you. And you uncork that baby and just let it out like a stream of living water and speak life over them. Let the results go to God, but you speak life. You refuse to do death talk. You will not do it in your house. You zip the lip. And if you can't say anything nice, you simply hang up the phone or walk away. Hang up the phone or walk away. They'll be there. You can come back later when you calm down. And when you get back, you can speak the truth in love, but still give them a blessing. Jesus said, for the son of man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. So the first thing is first listen and listen to the word of God. Listen to Jesus Christ. Listen to the kingdom teachings of Jesus. The first thing we got to do, if we're going to be fruitful, you got to listen to the right voice, the right shepherd. Otherwise you'll end up in the wrong area of town where there's no fruit. So that leads to the next issue. And that's step two. After you listen, it comes a step of obedience. That's when we take action. Everyone say action. Action. How many know that a bunch of talk with no action is just about the worst? Isn't it disappointing when someone goes off and off and they're telling you all these things and then it never happens? Oh, it just deflates you of hope. So we want at desert stream, we're learning to become people of action. So you hear the word of God You get loved and forgiven and inspired, and then you go take action. You be first, do second. You don't do first and then figure it out. You can try that. There's a lot more headaches and bumps on the road, and Jesus will forgive you and all that kind of stuff. But if you be first, be a child of God, and then go be a soldier of God or a servant of God. Get your order correct. It's called alignment. Luke 6, 46 But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? This was Jesus talking to the people. So he gives a great parable. Listen now. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. 
And when the flood arose, the stream, the stream beat strongly against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. What are you building? How are you building it? Verse 49, this is all Luke chapter 6. But he who heard and did nothing, this is the opposite. So if you hear the word of God, but don't do anything to act on it, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat strongly and immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. Jesus was really simple in his storytelling. He's like, okay, two choices. Listen and obey. Awesome. You can get through the storm. Listen and don't obey. Your whole house and everything you have is completely ruined and maybe you'll survive by the skin of your teeth. Which one are you picking? I picked the first one. I want the first one. I mean, this is, this is for, this is elementary. This is meant to be teachable to like our young children. When God speaks, listen and obey and your life will be protected and blessed through the storms of life. You can listen and not obey and your life will have a much more difficult results. He's not going to ever leave you or forsake you or anything like that, but you could lose everything. I was talking to a niece one time and, and in her history, she'll tell you that she had an F5 tornado go through her house. And it was at Oklahoma in Oklahoma. And she got her, her family or whoever was with, and she just began to plead the blood of Jesus and they all walked out. The house, I mean, an F5 tornado. And the word of God was all she had. And she called upon the name of the Lord and she was saved. She knew who to call on in the, na- in the storm. House fell right on top of her and she, she walked out. We listen, we obey. This is all by the grace of God. It's still not an earned deserve thing. We listen, we read the word of God, we obey. We say, God, give me the strength. Here we go. And finally, this is the third step before we invite the children down. The third step is whatever you do has to be done in love. How many know people who are so high on their horse and they seem so holier than thou and they tell you all these things to do and there's no love and you feel kind of beat up after talking to them? When there's no love, the Bible says it doesn't count. So you can hear the word of the Lord. You can take action on the word of the Lord. But if you don't do it in love, the Bible says it doesn't count. Love is the the, the leveling field. So I want to, this is what I do. We have a little cool scripture of 1 Corinthians 13 on the wall in our bathroom. And I'm always reading it because it tells you what love is. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and the understanding of all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith and I could remove the mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So there's your checklist, right? So you're listening and then you start acting and then you and the Holy Spirit have to, you can check in with the Holy Spirit and say, how am I doing here? 
how are my motives? See, nobody knows your motive except you and the Holy Spirit. I, I'm not going to judge your motives. I shouldn't judge your motives. That's not my job. But you and Holy Spirit can have a little chat. Say, how are we doing? And he could correct you. He could say, well, when you said that, you were more into pride or you were more into this. And you could say, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. Forgive me. Help me next time to speak appropriately. You're not in trouble. He's just correcting you. He's bringing truth to your life. We need to listen. We need to obey. But we need a filter. And our filter is the unconditional biblical love of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that in your life, you've got to stop and repent. That's easy. Just change your thinking and say, Jesus, I'm struggling with this love thing. And I ask for your power to help me to love. Give me the power to do what I need to do. So this is, this is how fruit will last. Listen to the word of God. Obey the word of God, when he, what he instructs you to do. Listen and obey and do it in love. And your fruit will remain. You know, the Bible says there is no law against love. In other words, it will outlast even the law when you do it in love. Here's a simple thing. If someone wants to go ahead and, and uh, ask the children to come down, that would be great. And I close with this and we'll pray and then pray with the children. Jesus, is Jesus eternal? Yeah, so he's around, right? He was around before we were around. He was, he was around before we could even measure being around. He was before time. Jesus is, was, and always will be. So when we make an alignment choice with the words of Jesus, who is eternal, and we take our actions and align them with the words of Jesus, which is eternal, can you see how we'll get eternal fruit? We're aligning ourselves with an eternal being. So alignment with eternity produces eternal fruit. See the the simple logic there. He's eternal. We align ourselves with him. We do what he says because he's eternal. Our fruit becomes eternal. Remember how pastor Barry is always saying fruit that will last and remain. That's how we do it as we align ourselves with Jesus. Let's